Yeah. I had to go and like redo my beard because after wearing <clears throat> a mask all day, it's got like nice. a jump in it. <clears throat> nice. So I ordered beard masks from the Bearded Struggle. Oh, cool. And they're just like straight. I'm leaving all this in. Oh, good. This will be our intro. This is going to be the cold intro. <laughs> awesome. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Whiskey Geeks. My name is Tim. And I'm Alex, and we are two brothers on a quest to bring you the perfect pairing of whiskey and comics, buddy. Yes, we are. This is a fun one. I was going to say, damn, obviously we're brothers. That's exactly what I was going to say. We're doing a combo neck pour session slash short box, but together. This is the first time we've been able to do a neck pour session review together. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's because we're doing reviews of brand new whiskeys that we get. It's very rare that we both are, have the opportunity to buy something brand new at the same time, or at least hold off from drinking it until yeah. we do it at the same time. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. Normally, if we're going to go out and get a bottle, we're, you know, like trading off so that we can send samples back and forth. But yeah, it gets expensive. <laughs> uh-huh. we're both buying everything. <laughs> yeah, we're buying right. two of everything. Um, uh, but yeah, but this one uh, came via uh, the LCBO's online exclusive release over the summer. Uh, we've actually had these for a while, and we've mm-hmm. just been saving them. But um, tell them what we're drinking, son. Well, we are drinking the Bunahaven, and I've got the foil that I just peeled off the bottle. And do you dare? I think it's Struidaire. I see. I thought it was Struidaire, but I looked at the label, and the R is significantly further into the word than I thought mm. it was. Mm. So, if uh, I'm willing to say Struidaire for this and just not care oh, what people go. say, I'm on the Bunahaben website, and oh. they have a pronounced Struidaire. Struidaire. Yes, which is uh, Gaelic little, for helmsman. Which obviously, if little... you are. Fans oh, no. of Bunahaben, yeah, they've got the Helmsman Brighton. Do you think cloud. we are? Yes, I was going to say you've got <laughs> a few there. I was going to yeah. say where where are mine behind? Well, I mean, I've got two of them here on the table, but then I've right. got one there and especially yeah. I can't point when it's behind me. Gosh, this it's is weird, just right? terrible for anyone listening <laughs> to the podcast. Yeah, for people <laughs> just listening, um, I pulled out f- for you know for the video portion. Um, I've got all of the Bonahams that I own. So I've got the Stuart Air uh, 12-year-old and 18-year-old. And then I was able to pick up last summer uh, the limited release, which was a cask strength uh, French brandy cask finish, which is a very, very nice bottle, I must say. Yeah. And um, so I round out, I've got the same first two, then I've got the Toichinada, and then I've got my amazing 40th uh, birthday present. I've got the 25. Mm, flex. So. Uh, so we're a little big, bit we're, of a flex. We're big Bunna fans uh, at this uh, at the Whiskey Geeks. But we so what we thought we would do is we would do a neck pour session with this with the Sturidar, but then we're also going to do a little compare and contrast with the twelve because I've seen a lot of people say that the Sturidar is a budget Bunna twelve, um, or it's their discount Bunna twelve. It's you know basically the same kind of recipe as the twelve year old. Um, including some 12-year-old whiskey that's in there, but it's kind of just like a, a cheaper version of the 12, but you still kind of get the same notes, but a little bit more 
coastal influence is what I've heard. Yeah, I've got some thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have some thoughts as well. Uh, um, so what? So normally, sorry, I'm talking a lot at the start here. Normally what we do is, you know, you'll see us crack it and then, you know, we'll maybe sometimes let it sit. Or um, the last video was Alex up at our cave with that two brewers and you just cracked it and went right away. But I kind of wanted to do it similar to how we would normally do it, but together. So yeah. we both have already cracked this and poured it and tried it and wrote down a couple of notes. Cause I didn't want to influence. I didn't want us to be influenced by each other with what are yeah. you tasting? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I taste apricot jelly too. Yeah. There's no apricot jelly in this. I've just pulled something out of my butt. Yeah. Um, but so it's tube. Yeah. We've already tried it. So, um, all right, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> let's just right, dive so into this. I was going to say, so let's, yeah, let's, let's get going. Um, when I first knows this, I, I mean, obviously I knew I had poured a Buna, mm. but it doesn't smell at all like a Buna. Yeah. Like I'm not getting any of the sherry cask influence on the nose. Re- at least not before I tried it. When I went Fair. back after I had it on, like sitting on my tongue and I had a bit of a sip, I could go back and I could, there was a bit of like, for me, it was almost like a, um, like, you know, if you're like, baking and you're making like a, a dessert and you put the brown sugar into the pan and you sort of just let it heat up and caramelize. I could get like a Delicious. bit. Yeah. I could get like a, a hint of that, but for me it was all brine. Like it's just See? salty briny. And it okay. reminded me more of a, an art bag than it did of a Bunahaven. Fair enough. Um, I got the same thing. I nosed it. My wife was in the room and, and she was like, what do you get? And I was like, just brine. Yeah, she was like, "You always say that," and it's like, "Is that like just a whiskey thing? Is this just briny to you?" And I'm like, "I think it's because I, the stuff that I really like, is coastal whiskeys for the most part, you know." And recently, I've been drinking a lot of Isla or, or Campbelltown, specifically Glen Scotia, which does sometimes have a lot of that kind of sea salty brininess too. Um, but that was the first note that I got on this. It's like. Um, it's not like brine, like pickle juice, but to me, there was like a slight sour note yeah. on the nose, but it's more, I want to say it's sea spray or sea air saltiness, yeah. but there is a bit of, there is a bit of a funk in it, which led me more Campbelltowny, which I was kind of like, there's a bit of weird funk yeah, on the nose there is. There's some, there's, on this. I mean, again, obviously we're brothers because you, you took the words out of it, but it, it's funky yeah it's it's briny it's i mean there is a bit of the like the sea salt in there on the palate that you get which is why i've got some thoughts when people were saying this is a budget buna 12 because i yeah. i really don't think that's the case um well, i do I mean, think I poured, this is something poured a buna 12 i haven't had any yet or haven't noticed no, it or anything here. it's been a it's probably been a month or two since I've had a Buna 12. I'm very familiar with Buna 12. It's <laughs> a very, very delicious dram that I like a lot. Yeah. Um, but I agree. When I went into this, I was like, people are calling this like comparable to the 12. That's strange because I'm not getting no Buna 12 notes on the nose on this. So yeah. No. So my, I asked like, let's write down a couple notes. So the brininess funkiness was the first thing. Yeah. When I went back in, I did get a little bit of like, raisins Mm -hmm. and a little bit of like cherries. So I think after spending some time on the nose, 
I could pull out some of that classic sherry cask finish yeah. that you get, which is like the dark red fruits, raisins, that kind of like warm sweetness. Yeah. But it it took some looking yeah. <laughs> for me to get there. Yeah. Um, now that you wise, say now that you say the raisins like going back and like I mean I'm sipping here while you're talking, like yeah. I I can get a bit of that. Um, sort Again, of like the that's why the, I wanted to do this separately because yeah, as soon as someone says something, like I'm sure if someone came if you came in and said I get lemon zest on this, I bet you my brain would be like, yep, there's yes, lemon zest. Yes, in that. yes, you do. <laughs> Brain's really weird. So yeah, that's why I wanted to kind of do that separately. But yeah, that's what. So I got a little bit of that. But yeah, taste wise, what was your first impression on your first sip? Because I got some thoughts. Yeah. So it was spicier than I was expecting. <laughs> um, we are related <laughs> now it does have a bit of that like some of that briny saltiness comes through as well but for me that's more it's it's like the under layer of it like i'm getting cloves um there's a bit of almost like a, like honeyed cloves but so funny there's there's a bit of like that saltiness like there too baklava Ah, yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> when you say and, honey cloves, I just think yeah. Ooh, baklava. Yeah. But then on the like on the finish, the spice comes back again. So it's almost like spicy like a like a weird spicy clove at the at the front yeah. end and then you get a bit of that underlying salty like not really peat, just like a bit of a no. saltiness to it, like sea spray. And then the I, you know, like white pepper, chilies, like something mm -hmm. a little spicy then on the, on the back end. Yeah. So that's, so was, that's where I'm, that's where I'm landing. It was pretty similar. Um, pardon me. My first, um, my first kind of taste, I was just kind of like, woof, this is a lot more harsh than I was anticipating. Um, now I know it's, you know, it's a non-age statement. So yeah. they say there is some, some 12, in there um oh actually no it doesn't say that it says it's uh not losing the sherry influence everyone knows and loves from the famous 12 year old so yeah. it's definitely a young yeah <clears throat> it's definitely a young whiskey for sure it's got that harsh young whiskey like five to seven year old yeah it's hot whiskey kind of tastes hot yeah um and then yeah i got that like salty brininess um i also pulled out some like Close. I was like, it's spice, but it's not warm nutmeg baking spice like you get from some Highlands. It's like a, yeah, you know, like the Glen Farkless Fifteen, mm. which I did in the neck pour session, which was just Christmas cake in a glass. Oh, it's so that's good. or like the Glen Morangy Duthock, which is one of my favorites. Um, and that's like you know nutmeg and cinnamon and that warm. This I think cloves is a good spice to hit. It's like cloves but there's like a bit of nuttiness to it as yeah. well yeah and then like for me the finish is like warm and creamy and that like it kind of but it is weird because normally if if i was to say a whiskey was like creamy <laughs> i'm gonna get that immediately um that's not something that normally develops into a creamy smooth finish it's normally no that's what it is that's what it is um the one that uh, that always hits that for me is uh, Tom and Tool. 
Oh, there yeah. was a, there's a couple of Tommen tools that I've had that I've just like, like, I don't know why, but for me, it was like, it's like heavy cream. It's just yeah. like this, like full rich it's velvety like Werther, kind of, it's like a Werther's feel. original. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. But this like oddly develops into that, which is strange. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into comparing it with the 12, um, initial thoughts, this was $70. So that's that's the one thing to keep in mind that like we picked this up seventy bucks. Yeah. So price point wise, from an entry level to get a non age statement from from our favorite distillery. Yeah. Seventy bucks is great. Yeah. It's um, a it's a good value. I would say it's it's maybe a little bit higher. Like if I was being completely honest, I, I would say this is maybe ten dollars over what I would consider sort of a, mm-hmm. an entry level, you know, like everyday drinker. Like if I'm comparing this up against right. something like a Bowmore 12 or the Deanston Virgin Oak, which are or the two Bowmore of my, one even, or the, yeah, like, well, they're not $58 yeah. or something. Yeah. So if I was to compare it with either of those two, I would say they're more like fully, fully formed product yeah. you know like there's there's more going I mean, on they're a bit more complex yeah i mean i would um, say those those three that you named i think those just i mean price per value i just yeah. i don't think you can beat that i think that's those are kind of the best yeah <laughs> the absolute best in that price range that you're going to find yeah so um, but yeah. i mean but for for bunahaven and you know with the 12 year old being is it 85 90? 90 it's 90, 90 bucks um so yeah so it's i mean it's a full 20 dollars less so comparatively you know that's i think that's a good value when mm-hmm. you're going down uh, it's not again I, you know what i've got to go into the 12 now because yeah let's just do that because i keep i keep saying it's not what i remember of the 12 and calling it a budget boon a 12 i think is doing it a like it's leading people in a, down a road that i don't think is quite accurate yeah, and that might have just been one person that I saw. Yeah, <laughs> who said that? That one person. I, yeah, I feel like I saw a couple people reviewing the the Sturadera who who yeah. like did this comparison. They're like, yeah, it's a cheap twelve, yeah. or it's a you know, it's a knockoff, kind of a knockoff twelve, or yeah, they're budget twelve. Yeah, like just immediately as soon as I smell the twelve, it's as like the Sturadera is like harsh and briny and young this is yeah. like full and heavy and rich yeah it's like oh yeah sherry casks yes <laughs> yeah you immediately get that sherry cask now like you said if this if the sturadere is somewhere in the range you know again it's not aged so we don't know exactly but if we think it's somewhere between five like it probably is a blend of five to ten year olds like somewhere yeah. in there and who knows what the percentages are but obviously spending an extra anywhere from seven, you know, three to seven years yeah. more in a sherry cask is going to do a lot to the, to the whiskey in the barrel yeah. there. So, but yeah, this is, this is much sweeter. This is like what I'm used to getting out of Bunahaben, which are those, like those like ripe red fruits, the, like more of the traditional sherry influence. I mean, just right off the nose, like you said, like this is this is smooth, this is sweet. There's no brine whatsoever. No. Right. No, and I just had a sip of it too, and it's um, like you said, that's the Bonahaben we know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, the Buna 18 is pound for pound, in my opinion, the best whiskey you can buy. It's obviously, too- obviously we've tried the 25. I've tried a Buna 46. I, <laughs> there's quote unquote better experiences with whiskey, but pound for pound, the Buna Haban 18 for me is the, my favorite bottle. Yeah. And like, like it's 200 bucks. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the one that people like, if you could only drink one scotch for the rest of your life, what would it be? It's like, there's no hesitation for me. It's like, it's been 18. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if, when you get into the, like the super, like the super either experimental or the really, really old, there's just yeah. something about really old whiskey. I mean, you know, this is, you know, some serious champagne problems that we're complaining about, but, oh, yeah. but they're not like, they're not always as complex as things that are a little no. bit younger, just because they spend so much time in the barrel and you're getting the the evaporation, you're getting a lot more interaction with the, like with the cask influence, just because it spends so much time in there and you start to get that. I mean, we've said it before, but there's a lot more like woodiness. You get almost like a sawdust, a dryness that can come through in some of them, which I mean, obviously don't happen with the 18 year olds, which is why a lot more whiskey that hits the market is in that 12 to 18 year old range, because that's what people, obviously that's what people like. That's what people buy, but there's a reason why that's what people like. And that's what people buy. Yeah. Yeah. So I just went back to the steward arm, um, just like bright and young and harsh compared to the 12. So Mm -hmm. I also think another, (sighs) I think you made a good point with the like the price point and stuff of like 70 bucks to get into a Bonahaben. Um, or I mean, if you, you know, it's not bad, I'm not saying it's a bad whiskey by any means. No, no. I think it's more the fact of comparing it to all of the other Bunas. Yeah. Um, I would say spend the extra $20 and get a 12. Yeah. Um, or if you're looking for a budget, spend $20 less and, go get a Bowmore number one or a Deanston Virgin Oak if you're looking for a, but I mean like those are different, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you're getting different is, experience with all it's of It's a those. different experience. Like the, the one thing I will say about this, if you, if you like Campbelltowns, if you like a little funk and a little weirdness to your whiskey, then I think the Stuart Air is great for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, if I, I don't wasn't, I don't think it's a super approachable whiskey that I'm going to pour for some of my friends who aren't, scotch fans i don't think this would be my go-to of like oh you want a whiskey let me pour you this Dare here what do you think i think i'd get a lot of poison or this is gross yeah um i think that's yeah that's it's not it's not overly approachable and i mean if but again if if they're campbelltown fans then they're they're gonna like it because it's it's got a bit of that you know like you said a bit of that funk in there but it's uh i think you know what i think i would have enjoyed it more if I like, if it was a blind taste and I mm. didn't have the Bunahaven label on it. So I was like, cause I went in expecting a certain, you know, a certain something expecting because it was, you know, and it's just, it's a little bit off and that's fine. Yeah. Cause they're, they're Toich and sort of the same way. Right. Like yeah. if you go in expecting a, like a sherry Buna. bomb or a Buna, <laughs> it's not, it's their peated yeah. expression. It's different. They're trying something different. And again, that's what they did here. You know, they put out a non-age statement whiskey, which has elements of mm-hmm. what goes into the, the Buna 12. I mean, it's first, I think I said, uh, saw something it's, it's first and second fill, uh, sherry casks. Yeah. Right? And it's like, they're, it's like a mix of just 
different casks that they found in the warehouse and and were stored in different because they've got different warehouses some mm-hmm. right on the sea some not right on the sea so it's like a mix of them so i think the what they were going for was to let's get i feel it's a, it's a let's get buna 12 and let's get more of the sea influence in the buna 12 as opposed to the sherry influence let's lean yeah. more into the like we're on the coast of an island in scotland yeah you know we've got a warehouse that gets a lot of sea influence let's really lean into that and i think for, and i think for that they did hit the mark um i think you're right though i think knowing what it was i think doing this one in a blind taste i think would be fun um yeah i think it would yeah. confuse some people too right yeah um i'm excited to see how it develops though you know this oh, is yeah, just this the is... first dream. I, I mean, I've had the Sturator before. I know our dad has had a, a bottle in the past. And I know I had an ounce in a bun of tasting we did with with Mike Breezebois. It was the Sturator was in one of the in a bun of tasting. So, you know, I've, I've had it before and I remember liking it. But um, yeah, what, what would you give this on a on a mark? On a mark? mark um, this sucker. I like right off the top of my head. I'm going to like below an eight. Um, Like uh-huh. a you know, 7.6, yeah. so, you know, like, a some, bit lower. I mean, like yeah, 73, yeah. 74. Yeah. Like somewhere, somewhere in there. It's, it's yeah. a fine, it's a fine dram. I mean, you know, again, I don't want to feel like I'm complaining about, about drinking this because it's, no, exactly. it's quite enjoyable. And, um, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I'm probably going to, I'm, I mean, it's not highly accessible. Like the, I think there was, I can't remember how many bottles got released by the LCBO on this online thing. Oh, but they were like, gone. Like they were gone the so fast. Yeah. Yeah. It was the one, it was the day. Like I fortunately found out the day before they were going on sale or the day they went on sale. I it's caught wind like, of it. It's almost like we knew someone maybe who knew they were coming out. Oh, that was a Mike thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That was a Mike. I wasn't sure if it was Mike or if it was our other buddy who uh, is on whiskey Reddit every day <laughs> and then will send me random stuff of like, Hey, this is out. No, this was a Mike thing. Thanks Mike uh, for the, go follow the whiskey for, explorer. Yeah. Go follow at the whiskey explorer. Um, what a great follow. Um, thanks for posting about that. Yeah. Cause I think when it went up, I just, I just ordered. We got four case. for the group, right? Yeah. It just got four for us. And it was like, yeah, hey, we'll, I'll be able to get rid of these. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, if it was more accessible, um, I would say like, I'm going to spend the next like month and just power through this bottle. Um, I still might do that. I might go, go back to it over the next couple weeks and yeah. just kind of keep going back. And, and, you know, I think, I think going into it with a different mindset of like now knowing what it is and like, I'm going to pour this. It's a bunna. It's a kind of a weird bunna. Let's see how it is. I think it'd yeah. be quite enjoyable. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, uh, if we're going on a versus battle with the 12, I'll take the 12. Thanks. Yeah. That $20 goes a long way. <laughs> um, cool. Well, that's part one of this little podcast. Yeah. Part two is we're going to do some comics now, normally for the, um, uh, short box, uh, we just kind of review a, review a comic, but I thought, you know, Hey, we're both here. Let's each pick a comic, something that you've read, um, recently. Do you want to go yeah. first or do you want me to yeah. go first? I'll, I'll go first. Cause cool. I mean, mine's, Mine, I think, follows in the spirit of what we were doing here tonight with the like comparing and you know doing two, you know, two whiskeys from the same distillery. So, as I know I've mentioned before, uh, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. 
So, what? Yeah, I know. I mean, favorite movie, you know, growing up, first movie I ever saw in the is theater. It, was is for, Attack of the Clones is his favorite movie. Uh, uh, Return of the Jedi was the first movie I ever saw in the theater. Like all the toys, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, so I'm currently in the middle of the largest comic book crossover. I mean, that certainly that's ever happened in the Star Wars universe. So it's the War mm. of the Bounty Hunters. Mm, see, so I haven't read the, any of these yet, so I'm happy that you picked this. Yeah, so it's been going on for, I think it started in June, and there are, so of the main titles, it includes the main Star Wars comic, the Darth Vader comic, the Dr. Aphra comic, the, um, there is a Bounty Hunters comic, mm -hmm. and then they are tying in, they now have the War of the Bounty Hunters comic, so we're up to five. Um, that one is, so the main story is this starts right when Boba Fett takes um, Han Solo in Carbonite and he's on his way to take him to Jabba. And we all know Damn. what happens at the end. He gets to Tatooine and delivers him to Jabba. But the very first issue, the Carbonite starts to fail <gasps> and Han starts to thaw out. So he That's has cool. to stop somewhere to you know you know some out of the way place with a you know black market um See, i'm sorry i'm gonna interrupt you real quick yeah this is why comic books are so fucking great because you get to do all this weird storytelling on the side of main stories yeah. that everybody knows i yeah. love it when yeah. people are allowed to do this kind of stuff it's just like um We'll get back to your story, but there was like that mini event Vader down. Oh yeah. That was just like, like Darth Vader crash landed on a planet in the middle of like the movie saga of star Wars. And it was this story about how the entire rebel Alliance was like, Hey, Vader's ship went down. Let's go get his ass. And yeah. he just, I mean, he tore through some, he beats the absolute <laughs> living piss out of thousands of them by himself. But like being able to tell though, these kind of stories, that happen on the side of like a main story that everybody knows yeah. like that's why comics are so good yeah all you scotch people watching this go read <laughs> comics it's so fun all right continue Sorry. yeah so and then of course haunt gets he gets boba fett gets double crossed han gets stolen so now boba fett is then having to like get back on the trail to figure out where he is jabba the hut puts out a massive bounty on boba fett because oh. he feels that he double crossed him He's double crossing the double cross oh. yeah so now and so this brings so in good. there's now like one shots with ig88 and i was gonna Bosk ask like, and, dengar, oh, and they all come in um and then one of the really cool things um and so like and then dr afra is you know she's trying to then she hears about this so then she's trying to go and figure out where it is um luke and Lando and Chewie and Leia all then hear through their network, the rebel network of spies that this has happened. So then they're now on the hunt trying to save them. And it just, it brings all the characters together in this amazingly complex story. And there's, so I think there's gotta be at least five books every month in this arc. And then there's all these little one shots that are jumping in not gonna so lie i'm very excited for this to be put in a trade 
it's so whenever I get my like my pull list for my comic guy, Mike at uh, Dark Age Comics up here in Ottawa, he uh, got, got shout out. Um, he delivers. So it's I have to go into the back of each book and be like, what's the order of this? Like, which one <laughs> goes the, where? Yeah, that's <laughs> the one thing about these massive tie in events that's a little frustrating, yeah. which is why I'm kind of like, I'm going to wait until this gets collected in a trade and then I'll yeah. just read it as one one big story but well i was but i was already getting super fun when you're when you when you're in it though yeah um the war of the realms is the one that i really got which we will be doing a we've got a plan to talk about war of the realms with some pretty awesome awesome whiskeys yeah it's going to be one of our pairings um but i was in it because i was reading the mighty thor um and then the war of the realms started and and i was like oh my god russell dowderman's going to draw the Punisher and Wolverine and Daredevil with Heimdall's sword. Uh, mm, oh, War of the Realms is incredible. Yeah. Um. And yeah, when you're in it, you're just like, oh my God, I got to get this one. And then oh my God, yeah. I got to get that one. Like, yeah. so I basically it gets just expensive said, and confusing, but it's I, super fun at the same time. Yeah. I just told Mike, I was like, look, just everything in the War of the Bounty Hunters run, just like order <laughs> and it's fine. And then like this past month, I was like, like, what's this one? <laughs> like, what? That's amazing. So, so the last thing I'll say, cause I don't want to get into like, Spoiler, spoilers. Um, but Hans, so anyone who's seen the Han Solo movie, um, Kiara, Kira, Kiara, Kira, uh, I think. Kira. Um, so she shows up as the head of the Black Sun, and she's got him, and she is what? having a black market auction and is like pulling in all the so it's like crimson dawn and all like all these other does, like crime does, syndicates and does darth maul show up uh i don't know oh god so i'm just i'm rewatching rebels right now and it's um, amazing uh, the sorry this is a tangent i know but i just i recently watched the episode but the episode where I'm, you know what? If you haven't watched Rebels, enough time, time has passed. The episode when Ahsoka and Vader fight, mm. but it starts with like them at the Sith Temple and like Maul's in it with the Inquisitor. Like that two episodes is some of the best Star Wars storytelling yeah. I've ever seen. Holy the, like, shit, is it good? Oh, yeah. The, I mean, the best Star Wars storytelling is happening in the animated series. No, like Rebels between so good. yeah, between Clone Wars so and Rebels and the Bad Batch. That's why I'm rewatching Rebels yeah. so that I can watch Bad Batch. Oh, it's awesome. So, yeah. so anyway, so, so that's my that's my comic that I'm reading, and it's incredibly involved. But as a huge Star Wars nerd, it's just it's awesome. I'm so excited so. about that now. Yeah. Um, man, I, you should have gone second. Mine's, I mean, mine's cool, <laughs> but mine's not that cool. Well, you know, it was like two Boonas crossing over a lot of things. I love it. I love it. Um, I've heard so many good things about Dr. Afra, and that's just, yeah. there's just so many comics to read that that's one of those that like, I need to go back and grab some trades or I'm, I'm probably going to sign up for Comixology. Well, here's the problem. You can't in Canada. It? Unless oh. they've changed it just recently your amazon prime will not get you comiXology in canada i think they changed it oh that would be awesome <laughs> but i don't know if the like i don't know if the full um, yeah catalog like catalogs on there yeah. um we've got some other comic news that'll hit after i do my book actually yeah yeah so yeah what a is interesting so mine is 
I was like scrolling through Instagram and I follow a lot of comic book artists and like art dealers and stuff like that. And I don't even remember how I found, how I saw this book, but I saw um, a picture he's, of, sorry, I was reaching down to grab the book. I was going to say he's off mic. Um, I, it was like this picture, which I'm going to, I'm going to hold up the camera so you can be able to see it of this barbarian with an, with an ax that kind of looks alive. like a skull face with like a mouth and stuff on it. Um, uh, you know what? Go to, go to our Instagram and I'll post a, I'll post pictures of it for the people just listening. So anyway, so I found out that this book is from a comic company called vault comics and it's called barbaric and it's the issue number one that just came out a couple weeks ago. So I called my local comic shop shouts to heroes comics in London. Um, and asked, I was like, hey, do you carry this? I, I've never heard of Vault Comics. And they're like, yeah, we got some. So I, I had them put it aside. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm interested to see what this is because that picture was really cool. And holy crap, is this a fun book. Um, the So the the creative team, whoop, real quick, give them shout outs. So it's um, Michael and I think it's Morakai. It might be Morrissey, but I'm going to go with Morakai because that sounds more badass. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nathan Gooden is the artist who does a fantastic job. He's actually the creative art director for Vault Comics. Uh, Addison Duke is the colorist and Jim Campbell does letters. Um, so the story is this barbarian whose name is Owen, which is also hilarious that it's just a barbarian just named Owen. Owen. Um, <laughs> You know, he has a typical barbarian lifestyle. I won't get into too many spoilers. I'll just give the general plot. He's a typical barbarian of, you know, pillaging and stealing and killing stuff. Um, As you do. Yeah. Gets caught up with some sea witches. Sure. And then they offer him a deal of either uh, he can either die or like basically be their servant. And so the deal he strikes is he can go on living but instead of being a barbarian, he's basically a noble barbarian. So the axe, so they put a curse. So he's cursed. Um, he has to do what his axe tells him to do. And his axe will only let him kill people that deserve it. So it's this story where like, I mean, the story, I'll just give you the, where the story opens. He's in a fighting pit. Like he's, this guy owns him and it's gladiatory games. And he's like, okay, now you're going to go kill these three guys. And then he has to like talk to his axe to be like, can I kill these guys? And the axe is like, well, that one's a murderer. That one, you know, like is an adulterer, but that guy just stole some bread. So you can only kill those two because they deserve it. But that one, no, you can't kill that one. And so he like, he's having these full conversations (laughs) with his axe, but obviously no one else can hear his axe. And so everyone thinks he's crazy, but he's also like, the best fighter on the planet. Yeah. This, so this is hitting me so hard in my Dungeons and Dragons it's, soft spot. <laughs> yeah. So there's some like cool dungeons. It's total Dungeons and Dragons stuff for like barbarians and stuff like that. And there's another character later on that I'll, I told you off mic about it already. Yeah, yeah. That's like super Dungeons and Dragons. Cool. Like a mechanic that I'm going to build into a character for a future campaign for sure. Cause it's fun. Absolutely. Um, but it's funny. It's very graphic. Um, the way that I explained it to you off mic too, I'm like, it's Conan the Barbarian meets Berserker, that Keanu Reeves book. It's, I mean, it's ultra violent. There's a lot of language in it. So it's definitely a, an adult book. Um, but one issue in 
and I've already told heroes, Hey, this is now on my pull list. Yeah. Um, so it's a monthly thing from vault comics and, uh, I say go buy it if you like nice any of that stuff. Cause it is, it is a fun read. Yeah. That's, that's right up my alley. So I think I'll probably be adding that to mine as well. Yeah. You're going to love it. Yeah. I like, I know you are going to love it. Um, so the one little, little bit of comic news, I'm just going to tell you, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah. Um, have you heard about all these comic book writers going to Substack? No. So Scott Snyder. Yeah. James Tynan. Yeah. Uh, Nick Klein and a couple of other um, are going to Substack. So James Tynan, for those of you who don't know, he's been writing Batman for a long time. Yep. Um, and he does Nice House on the Lake, which we love. Oh. Uh, something is killing the children is his as well. So he is no longer going to be writing Batman. He is not renewing his contract with DC and he's just going to Substack. So wow. what this means for nice house on the lake and something and all of his other stuff, we don't know, but it's this deal that Nick Klein came up with Substack where Substack is paying all of these guys to be staff writers. Yeah. And then Substack's going to take. So for those that don't know, Substack is like a uh, subscription base that a lot of like journalists and bloggers are using. But they're going to start doing. They're comics launching a there. comics division, so it's going to be web comics, and it's all creator owned. And Substack's just going to be taking a tiny percentage of their subscription, but they own everything. Oh wow! They're keeping ownership, so it's kind of like back in the '90s when like. Liefeld and McFarlane and Jim Lee and Wills Portacio and those guys, they all left Marvel and DC and created image because mm. they're like, we want to own our own stuff. You know, this is like even a new iteration of that where they're so really going to own it. Yeah. So it's going to be all digital. That's the thing. Like, like, are they going to partner with a boom studios who are just going to get print rights? Yeah. And like, so is it going to be that it's a web comic, but if you want a printed version, Boom Studios or Image or someone like that, yeah. because they don't take ownership, like the creators still own it at those publishing houses. But it's really interesting. Oh, wow. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see see what happens there. Well, and especially what um, happens to those ongoing titles. Yeah, like who's going like to take it, over Batman? And, yeah. I was going to uh, say, like, Batman, I'm not so worried about. You know, Batman, Batman. will survive. Someone will take over it. Yeah. You know, and it, it'll be awesome. But, but yeah, like for be, his smaller yeah. one, like, you know, something's kill, killing the children and yeah. Nice House on the Lake. Like, I'm now very invested in Nice House on the Lake. Like, I've got lots of questions. It's 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 gone the way of Lost where... Mm. I still haven't sorry, read it. I've, still, for, I've got book one. Yeah. First, se first season yet. Lost. Good Lost. Where you watch it and you're so intrigued and you leave with more questions than you started with. Mm. Like, it's there. So okay. I've read the first three and I'm no further along. Awesome. <laughs> like I'm, I'm still dope. thoroughly enjoying it, but yeah. you know, it's like, what's going on? What, what? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, yeah. but it's, this could be a whole new thing. Apparently the quote from the interview with James Tynan was his contract re-up with DC. <clears throat> sorry. Like was, I think he said he, it was like, it was an amount that I thought never in my wildest dreams would I see a contract like this to write comic book stories. And then Substack beat that deal. Jeez. And I mean, like, 
so I think I was listening to, I was listening to talking comics. They were talking about it. And like, they were saying that like, you know, the Batman, or I think his creator on stuff. So like something's killing the children and nice us on the lake. It's like averaging around a hundred thousand like buys. Okay. And it's like, imagine if he can just get 20% of those people to go to his sub stack at seven bucks a month. Yeah. If you get 20,000 people paying you $7 a month, yeah. like regardless of what you're paying your artist and what Substack takes, like even if he's taking a dollar, even if he gets a dollar, yeah, 20 grand a month, that's a quarter mil a year. Like, you know, like that's, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. So this could a be really a game. interesting business model. And then if, you know, and then if a Netflix, Netflix comes around and wants to option the stuff, then he gets to keep all that money and it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't you know, go back to, uh, it's, to you know, DC it's not or... like exactly. So it's going to be interesting, man, oh, but wow. uh, I might uh, have to start investigating Substack as a possibility of uh, not going comiXology and maybe I go yeah, <laughs> or, you know, Marvel Unlimited or the DC stuff. Maybe we start going there if more and more creators go, but because yeah, I'm follow, follow the creators that we like, as opposed to the, you know, the big houses necessarily. Because Scott Snyder just also, he's going to be doing a bunch of comiXology exclusives where like, him and Capullo have a book coming out specifically for Comixology on their imprint. Oh, and so boy. he's going to do like, he said he just came out with a thing of like, he's doing like six books for them. And then now he's also in the Substack thing. So I don't know. Snyder's making some moves too. Yeah. Anyway, this is a lot of like industry nerd shit that I just, I love that stuff. Just, just dropped. Yeah. <laughs> I love that stuff. Um, cool. Well, Hey, uh, this is a very, very long neck pour session. <laughs> slash short slash box, short box slash comic news slash you and i haven't really chatted in a while so it was fun no. to catch up again um we're gonna have more podcasts coming folks i know we took a bit of a break but it's summer and uh yep. you know it's nice outside and we're allowed to do things again sort of sort of ish for a minute <laughs> until we're not again <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so keep coming back folks uh the whiskeygeeks.com whiskey has an e in it um Check us out on Instagram at the Whiskey Geeks. You can email us, thewhiskeygeeks at gmail.com. Uh, we might start answering questions. So if you have questions about stuff, email them in and we'll answer That'd them on awesome. the show. Yeah. Um, but hey, Bono um $70, would you buy it? Real quick. Yes. Would you buy it? Are you going to buy another one? Yeah? Yes. I think I would too. Um, didn't blow my socks off, but totally worth 70 bucks. So. I think so. There you go, folks. Um, Hey Alex, anything you'd like to say before we get out of here? It was good getting on, uh, getting online again with you and just chatting. Mm. It was mm -hmm. uh, like, like you said, it, we uh, rambled on a little bit this one just because we haven't done this in a little bit because yeah. I was away and uh, you know summertime got busy. So yeah, but yeah, cool. no, it was good. Right on. Thanks so much everyone for uh, tuning in. And yeah, like I said, check back, uh, check back again on our uh, Instagram and YouTube channels. If you can hit that subscribe button, we would greatly appreciate it. And yeah. uh, for Tim, I'm Alex. We're the Whiskey Geeks. And remember, Scotch and Stories, they belong together. Cheers, Cheers. buddy. Cheers.